invite you to open your Bibles this morning to the 30th chapter of Proverbs, and then the third chapter of 2 Timothy. I don't know if the reverb or what's going on back there, we had a lot of rumbling on the platform this morning, sis. Perhaps you can tinker with that a bit. Proverbs chapter 30, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Amen. I believe I asked you for verse 5, Sister Dakota, I'm going to add verse 6 as well, reading from the King James, unless otherwise stated. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. Add thou not unto His words, lest He reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Every word of God is pure. Yes, he is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Yes. Yes. 2 Timothy chapter 3. The Bible said all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable. For doctrine. For reproof. For correction. For instruction in righteousness. Yes. Either one of those verses, verse 6 of Proverbs 30 or verse 16 of 2 Timothy 3, sound like we're giving participation trophies away today. Come on. Come on. Come on. Preach it, Pastor. Teach. Good. Amen. Add not thou to his word, lest God reprove you and you be found a liar. That's right. Come on. And the scripture that's inspired literally means breathed by God. It literally came out of the cavity of what God is, His essence. And He gave it for reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. I'm going to talk today in my desire, at least to establish first base in doctrinal teaching from this title, The Supreme Authority. The supreme authority. Thank you for your mercy, God, today. All that you're doing and all that you've done. We give you glory, give you praise, give you honor. We give you that place, God, in our heart, mind, soul, and life of supreme authority. Help us, God, today. Glorify you and edify the body. We give you all the praise for it in Jesus' wonderful name. Can you give God a hand clap of praise today? This is for, this is for God and nothing else. For God and no one else. Maybe seated. It's been a decade at least since I attempted to quote this poem. I, I, I'm not even going to challenge my mind today. I'm going to read it, but allow me. The Bible contains the mind of God, yes. the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy. holy. Its precepts are binding. Yes. Its histories are true. Yep. And its decisions are immutable. Come on. Read it to be wise. Believe it to be safe. Yes. Practice it to be holy. Yeah. It contains light to direct you. Food to support you. And comfort to cheer you. Yeah. It is the traveler's map. The pilgrim's staff. The pilot's compass. 
the soldier's sword, yes. the Christian's charter. And here in the Bible, heaven is open and the gates of hell disclosed. Christ is its grand theme, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, yes. and guide the feet. Read it slowly, read it frequently, yes. and read it prayerfully. Yes. It is a mine of wealth, a paradise of glory, and a river of pleasure. Yes. It is given you in life, will be opened at the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, yes. it rewards the greatest of labor, yes. and will condemn all or any who trifle with its holy oh, contents. Right. It is the word of the living God. Unquote. The supreme authority. Hallelujah. Doctrines or creeds are unreliable if you can't trust their author. Come on, good. If the originator is unproven or falsely titled such. And that is why I say unapologetically, unwaveringly, that I believe in the 100% accuracy of the Word of God. Because I know the author today. Let me say again that it needs no apology. It needs no representation. It needs no advocacy. It needs no watering down. It needs nothing that we can add to it and certainly take away from it because it is the Word of the Living God. I believe unapologetically that it is without error. Right. It is without mistake or contradiction. That's right. Philosophy. Huh. Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, Alexander the Great. Philosophers make their living out of the gray area of any subject matter. The Bible has zero gray area. It says what it means and it means what it says. It will long outlive you and I as believers or skeptics. In fact, the writer just summarized his thought by saying this. Psalm 119 verse 89. Forever, O Lord. Forever, O Lord. Forever, O Lord. How long is forever? Your word is settled in heaven. Hallelujah. It goes without saying today that forever is longer than you and I. That's right. Longer than any political regime. Yes. Longer than any civil authority. Longer than any demon or devil intends to be around. I settled it, Brother Adam, in the grass of my heart a long time ago. I believe it 100%. That's right. Even, even if at the moment someone can present to me an apparent or an alleged contradiction. Even if I don't have an answer right now. I settled it way long ago. It's right 100% of the time from beginning to end. I might need a moment, Brother Nate Wisdom. 
I might need a, a time to study the Bible out of it. But it's already settled in my heart. But it is, it is unique to you and I. It is peculiar, to say the least, that the Bible has had more than its share of naysayers or skeptics. Yes, sir. One thing about Brother Lance, I never worry about people. Come on. All right, backtrack here. I know we shouldn't worry, but you've got to understand in the pastoral sense how I'm applying that term. When people begin to go the other direction, yeah. I start worrying about it. Sure. Yes. I'm not worrying that you're going to affect my salvation. I'm worrying that you're going to end up somewhere that you don't need to be or you don't want to be. So it, it, I, you should be concerned with me if I'm not worried about you. But I never worry about people who are committed 100% to the authenticity of God's holy word. I never worry one bit about it. It's had so many naysayers that we can't number them. The church has had its own number of skeptics. Listen to what French philosopher Francois Voltaire said. He lived 1694 to 1778. He wrote numerous, literally hundreds of articles or pamphlets or tracts against what he supposed as was the validity of the word of God. He said, I predict that in 100 years, Brother Frank, from the time I die, the Bible will be a forgotten book. Oh, my Lord. Come on. You can Google your own history. Do your own homework if you like. For 100 years after he died, the French Bible Society bought his home and sold Bibles out of it for one century. Forgotten book? I say it again. I believe in the absolute infallibility of the Word of God. Amen. It is secure. Yes. It is fail-safe. Yes. It is tried and true. Yes. It is proven. It cannot miss. It's when we get out of the precepts of the Bible. It's when you get into man-made things. And let me tell you, religion as a whole is full of man-made things. Right. I don't know if you really want me to go where I'm Come going. I'm going to just go there gently, all right? It is absolutely true, whether I accept it as that or not. All right. It proves itself throughout every generation. And someone might say, how can anything be perfect that man has had his fingerprints on? Come on. I think I told you the other day, I told someone the other day, and I don't want to get into another message that I have ready, but I'll just steal this out of it. Come on. Some people are so brand loyal, everything from baseball gloves to cars, right. from computers to homes. Come on. People, not everybody, but many people are brand loyal. They will have nothing but this brand. Chevy Ford, Dodge, Toyota, Nissan, and someone told me, it's funny, you go to all those brand new dealerships, every one of them have garages on the back of those buildings. Sooner or later, every one of them break. Oh, we loyalists don't like that. Let me tell you this, though. Never, ever 
There are no garages to repair itself here. There's a garage for souls to come. There are repair pits for people to come. It's fail-safe is what I'm trying to say. And how can anything be perfect if man made it or man had his part in the creation of it? Back to one of my scriptures in the text. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. But verse 17 said that the man of God may be perfect. It means complete or mature. Without any error or place where we miss the mark. Right. Truly furnished unto all good works. The human element isn't what he's saying is perfection here. But the message God puts inside the human element was breathed by God Almighty. Hallelujah. 300 A.D., Roman Emperor Diocletian took it upon himself to rid the modern world of his day of the influence of Scripture-loving, what they had as Scripture. I'm going to say Bible-believing, but it's generic in the sense you've got to understand just three centuries removed from the life of Messiah. To rid this earth of all influence of Christ's people and this law that they adhered to. His infamous command was three words, yield or suffer. Come on. Come on. Yield or suffer. I read in history that he literally had placards going into the city of Rome with three words on it. A message to every believer, yield or suffer. You will offer sacrifices to the gods of Rome or you will die. Come on. Some of us don't even go to church when the... Tire pressure's low in the car, on the car. Am I? Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Twelve years by the last after he made that decree, Diocletian committed suicide. All right. And the faith of God's elect and the power of God's words and law long outlived. This Roman desperate. Word of God lives on. Matthew 13, 21, the Bible said plainly, the tribulation comes against us, not because of your talent, skill, looks, ability, who your papa is, who your mama was, but because of the word of God. If the devil's messing with you, it's probably because you got something real inside of your life. Something real in your heart this morning. If nothing's going wrong and you've got everything you need and all the money you'll ever need to spend, come on. Come on. Come on. Then you probably will only hear me preaching through the CD because you're certainly not here today among the real people. Tribulation comes against you because of God's word. That's right. The value even the evil world knows is on the word of God. Not on the vessel or the recipient of God's word, but on the word itself. You understand that the word of God is exactly that. Revelation 19, 13. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name was called the word of God. Yes. 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 Jesus. Yes. 
just the paper and the ink. It's the message. I'm going to say, is the Bible the Word of God, or is the message inside the Bible the Word of God? Don't even go there with people like that. It's worthless. That's right. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Yes. That settles it for me, Brother Josh. I don't need no commentary or interpretation. The Word was God. Didn't say part of God. On the committee of the gods, the word was. Yes, sir. And if you look at the amplified translation of John 1, verse 1, the end says, Was God Himself? I love the fact that there's no, there's no gender struggle here in the identity of what God is. Come on. He's not masculine or feminine. No struggle there whatsoever. Only this polluted, perverted society have we tried to take the holy and precious truth of God's word. The word was God Himself. And the Bible said, verse 14, that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Did you catch that? God Himself was made flesh. Stand up, sit up there in heaven on the golden throne with fire out of his eyes and thunder out of his mouth and, and lightning across yes. the forehead and all of the things that Revelation talks about and look for somebody to go do that work. Yes. No. 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 That's what Revelation 5 is all about. He looked for somebody to break that seal. Out of the midst of the congregation stood a lamb as it had been slain from the foundations of the world. I'm talking about the supreme authority this morning. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. The reason you can believe doctrinal creeds from the scriptures is because of who authored them. How they've been proven. How they've been tested. And the Bible is such that I encourage you if it says it, to accept it, to believe it, test it all you want to, but settle it before you test it. It's, it's true. And whatever God said, Brother Corey, is going to come to pass. You can write a book on it. You can put your blood on it. You can put your firstborn on it. If God said it, that is it. It's over with. Right? 55, 11, Isaiah, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. Hallelujah. I like it when God said, this will or this will not happen. Amen. And politicians go in there and try to finagle things and manipulate stuff. And Teach it. Hallelujah. Yeah. This tolerant, intolerant social stand that people are on today. Come on. They don't love God. They don't go to church. They don't love the Bible. They fight it. They oppose it. They stand against its message. But the minute you prove yourself to be intolerant of anything other than their lifestyle, they go, that's not like Christ. Uh, can I get real? I'm not pretend nobody but Brother Rick and I are here today. Nobody. I'll tell you something. God hates sin. He doesn't just tolerate it. He hates sin, Brother Rick. 
desperate desire, God hates sin. Oh, yes, he loves sinners. Aristotle, Epicurus, Epicurus, Darwin, Nietzsche, the list just keeps going. They said the Bible isn't for anybody and everybody. It's a lie. It's a contradiction. Come on. But they're all gone. Humanists have spent their life's wealth to oppose the Word of God and convince anybody. They're all gone. Atheists have the right to feel like they like they do. But they come and they go. Every passing generation comes and goes. And the word just keeps on trucking. Just keeps on living. Just keeps on moving. One day when you get this revelation, it'll be helpful to you. God doesn't need you. We like on Pentecostals. We don't believe that. We think God needs us. No, no. I got news for you. God loves us. God doesn't need anything because his word has already established truth in his word. So right. So right. Come on. Come on, Pastor. It continues to outsell everything ever put to print. Yes, it does. I forget. It was 1440, 1480, whatever. Gutenberg and all the typeset and the printing press come to me. And it wasn't for a couple of centuries later that it really got legs and got energy under it. But since man has been able to record just a couple of the best-selling books of all time, just a couple, there's numerous ones, but Charles Dickens' tale, Two Cities, in excess of 200 million sales. Yeah. That's a lot of books. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 250 million in excess, The Lord of Rings, J.R. Tool King. Wow. 250 million and growing. But as late as 2016, three years ago, the last numbers of the living Word of God, the Bible, has sold in excess of 5 billion copies. That's not me making that up. That's it. Anywhere you want to get online, just data. That's just statistics right there. Come on. Good. Come on. And yet for some reason, there's a movement in society, there's always been a movement in society, to convince us as believers that we are the minority. Right. Oh, that's right. Isn't that Teach true? Teach that. Teach. Go there, sir. Please. Jesus' name. Bible has been printed in 670 different languages or dialects. Mm-hmm. Sister Kristen, one of my favorite verses in the book of Jeremiah is 2329. Is not my word like a fire? saith the Lord. And like a hammer. Every time I think about this skeptical, atheistic, generational movement, energy, application, ambition, desire, I keep thinking of the rock of God's word. It just keeps on pounding. Keep on working. Keep on working. Keep on working. Yes. Yes, sir. Parallel, unequal, never matched. Just keeps on keeping on. 
You talk about people who really know what it means when the Son has set them free. Yeah. You show me people that are in love with God's Word. Yeah. And it's not just a routine to them. They absolutely no. eat right. and digest and ingest from it every day. Not because it's on the schedule at church. No. But because this is life and they realize yes. that. Right. Yes. Whether they're at work, Come on. on vacation, Come on. Come on. on a beach, Come on. in a tree stand, Come on. at home, yeah. even at church. Come on. Come on. Unparalleled power in the Word of God available. That's right. yes. If you've never accessed that or experienced that, I feel for you today. Come on. It probably just is a book with letters on the page. Come on. Matthew 8, verse 8. You talk about power. The centurion came back and all he said to Jesus was, all I need you to do is speak the Word. I don't need you to bring for parade and procession to my home. I just need you to speak it. I wonder how many of us today, God is challenging us to start speaking more of God's word than everything that is apparently wrong in our life. Everything that's apparently not right about our daily life. Maybe you don't have everything you need, but you've got God. That's everything you're going to have to have. I love Matthew 8, 16, when the Bible said right near the end that Jesus cast out spirits. Oh, he, he wrestled with them. He called all the elders down. They wrestled until they vomited all over the platform and all the things we hear about Hollywood. And, Come on. No way. Come on, Pastor. Come on. Bible said he cast them out with his word. Yes, sir. That's right. Come on. Live it, preach it, confess it, claim it, stand by it, remember it, memorize it. Amen. I'm talking about the supreme authority, Brother Morgan. Higher than anything, everything, everyone. It supersedes every law, every regulation, every stipulation, every excuse. Yeah. Every alibi. Yeah. Right. Oh, German author and renowned philosopher Frederick Nietzsche, son of a Lutheran pastor. Listen to this story. I've related it before, but it's been a while. He popularized the phrase, God is dead. This is historical fact. I'm just quoting what I took right off the internet. By the time Nietzsche was 44 years old, he'd been committed to an insane asylum. 44. He'd written numerous. He was a, he was a brilliant man. Brilliant. His dad a pastor. Hey, brother. His dad was a pastor. Stood against everything holy or sacred that his parents had ever done. His mother is on record as saying she visited him for the last 11 years of his life in this asylum. And said he would go weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and never utter one syllable of sound. 
And she said, as if he was eerily haunted by something internal. He would burst out occasionally and just quote scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. Hey, Nietzsche is gone. Some of us go home, I, I realize this, I say it respectfully, some of us have family, some of us have people on the job, you know, as soon as you get known on your job that you're a Christian, and especially if they get, they know where you go to church, yeah. come on. Uh, you oh, you go there, Preach it. Come on. oh, so he's your pastor, come on. oh, that's right. Come on, Jesus. It is amazing. Jesus. The arsenal of weaponry that comes out. Come on, Come on. I said it before, and I don't know why God keeps telling me to say this, but in that setting of language, those type of people, God save them. I pray for them. Yes, exactly, Jesus. They don't mind you being a, just a neutral blend into the no. fabric. A religious system somewhere. They don't mind that at all. They don't mind you going to church, going to prayer, service, whatever it might be. They don't mind. But the moment you talk about being forgiven of your sins by water baptism in Jesus' name, the moment, the moment you tell them you spoke in tongues when you got the Holy Ghost, There's a fire burning in you now that you never experienced right. when you accepted Christ 173 times before. Oh, yeah. I am not, don't you Pentecostal shine your buttons here? Yeah. There's some people doing that in sincerity. They mean it. They yeah. They're looking for something. Yeah. They're not doing that because they're mocking God or anything holy. They're trying to find something that's real. Yeah. And that's where you come in, praise God. And you've been born again of the water receive the Holy Ghost that you can leave. Someone with a real life, a real fire, a real word from God in their book. into that committed institution. He passed away. Now, I mean, there's a network, a worldwide network of atheists that look to Nietzsche's writings as fundamental beliefs of their life. Use his debates and arguments against what you believe is wholesome and right to them. They're just there. They're never going to go away. If you can be persuaded by someone that doesn't believe, Come on. to abandon or compromise your faith, yeah. and you don't understand what I'm trying to talk about. This right. Come on. Say it again. I don't say that to be judgmental. I'm just telling you, 
you've got a lot of growing you need to do. And you've got all the new converse classes and all the kind of sideline efforts that we put out, but nothing can teach you like this right here. Just put your nose into it, brother. Just open and put your face into it, sister. Spend time. Love this quote, Henry Ward Beecher, Calvinist pastor of Brooklyn, New York, 200 years ago. I'm not a Calvinist, I'm not a, you know, saying it's okay. I don't believe people are destined in spite of what they do in life. No. I don't believe that God has an elect inner circle no. that are appointed to salvation, the rest are on their own. That's Calvinism. But this man said something worthy of listening to. Henry Ward Beecher. He said, sink, sink the Bible to the bottom of the ocean and still man's obligation to God is unchanged. Right. Only now you have lost your light and your compass. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Where would we be, Brother Anthony, without the message of God into our souls? How many of you can point to a place in your own walk with God when you came into an apostolic church, a Pentecostal church, a fire-breathing, God-fearing, Bible-preaching church, yeah. and something internally just ignited inside of you? It wasn't just the noise or the volume or the music or the choir, but that word made a connection deep inside of you. It stoked a flame. It stirred a fire. It, it just revolutionized your walk with God. Because of the power of the Word of God Almighty, what? the supreme authority. Yes, Bible said the two are supposed to work together. That Titus one verse three, he manifests his word through preaching. In Second Timothy four verse two, he said, "Preach the word." The word. Not some assignment from headquarters. Come on. Come on. Come on. Right. Not something you learned because of the times. Come on. Come on. Right. Preach the word. Right. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. And, and, and. Come on. I've heard it once, I've heard it. Too many times. Hallelujah. Well, we like it all except the doctrine. Leave the doctrine out. And I think, I think, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to people who sincerely mean that. I'm going to try to read between the lines and say what they probably mean is your personal attachments to biblical creeds. Your personal convictions to Bible standards. I'm assuming some of them mean that. But of course, when the Bible says, All right. teach no other doctrine, 1 Timothy 1 verse 3, right. yeah. he's not talking about my personal no, he's not. interpretation. Right. Right. That's right. Oh, Jesus. Come on. I want to honestly admit, Brother Tony, honestly admit, 
God is my holy witness. I honestly admit to you, the only real peace I've ever known in my life. Come on. I mean genuine peace. I've had moments of peace. Come on. Sure. But the trail was out on that trail. The mic here behind my cabin this past fall. And uh, I was almost down to the Manusca River, Brother Larry, from my cabin, going that direction. And there was this little pond off to the left. It had been raining, so the pond level was high. And if you got, once I got all the way past the pond, it was sort of rectangular shape. But as I'm descending this hill, there are various places where you can see through an opening in the trees. Look at Trace, I sent you the picture. And just the element of geography, not geography, but, but landscape, nature right there. I, I snapped a picture. It was a perfect, perfect heart. I'm not into hearts and rainbows and all that, okay? <laughs> but I stood there going, come on. I wonder how many people have walked planet Earth and not seen this right now that I'm looking at. I'll show you at the church. You don't believe me. I mean, it, it's 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 phenomenal. the leaves were golden. I sat down. I just I just soaked it in. Fell asleep, but you know I soaked it in. Phenomenal. Just absolutely phenomenal. I, I was in complete peace. At least, what you can be. Yes. There's bears out there, right? Yeah. <laughs> One of those philosophical skeptics wrote that first half of that saying. <laughs> what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's right. philosophy right there. Right. Yeah. Or we, someone in Alaska added, except for bears, bears will kill you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Brother Tony, the only genuine peace, lasting peace, real peace, the peace that no one and nothing can steal. Yeah. Not the devil, not the world, not my finances, right. not my health. The only real peace I've ever experienced, God as my witness, is when I'm reading the word. Oh, there's, there's a spiritual tranquility. Come on, come on. Yes. Teach. Come on now. There's peace. Peace in those pages. So when people tell me, I'm too busy, I don't have no time. Nope. I think, you know, the devil is just lying to you. He doesn't want you to get something. That's right. Believe it. Funny thing about the devil, he don't mind you staying up to 3 o'clock on Saturday night watching video games. Come on. Watching useless movies. In fact, he encourages you. That's right. Because he knows next morning you're going to go. Teach. Yeah, He's still preaching. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Brother Justin Sonotag, God knows I'm telling you the truth. The only time in my life I've ever experienced genuine love. Yes. I, I know I have people that love me. Oh, yeah. Some even in my family, a few of them. Come on. Come on. Question. There's someone out there. Yes. But I mean it when I say the only time I've ever felt a love that can't be tainted by anything or anybody. Yeah. How can you read? How can you read the book of Proverbs or the Gospels and not feel that just oozing over your soul? Yes. Liquid life or something. Yes. How can you? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yes. 
And Brother Stacy Hall, I promise you, I mean this genuinely when I say that this is the only thing in life I've ever had that I get more out of than I ever put into. I said it's the only thing you'll ever have that you'll get way more out of than you'll ever invest into. Priority, Pastor Harry. So wonderful. Well, if you're not in love with it, you need to make it a priority. Right. Yes. And before long, you won't even think set a twice. That's you won't even right. think twice about it. Yeah. Come on, yeah. You'll be seizing those yes. moments of personal time. Yes, Lord. Well, hey, I got ten minutes here. Grab the Bible. Amen. Boom. it. Amen. Scriptural creeds are irrevocable. There's nothing about a generation that can change the tenets, the doctrines of law, of God's law that have been set into motion. Amen. If you, if you study the Old Testament, you know what law of the Medes and Persians was. Yes, sir. Once Darius put his stamp on it, it's irrevocable. Yes, but Darius died. Come on. Yeah. Preach. And legislation could be revisited and laws could be changed. Preach it. God says it. That settles it. Yes, sir. Amen. And I believe it. Yes. How could, how could possibly one book, I just answered this question in your head. How could one compilation of notes and letters and inspirations, how could one book have so many enemies? Come on. Fred Meyer after church and just walk around with your Bible. Yeah. See how many people go, hey, high five, got Bible. I'm on. Shoot. Might get some on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> how could one <laughs> collection come on? Okay, let's do reasonable deduction here. Jesus' name. This is not man-made. No. No. Come on. Ever been inspired to do anything, but that you look back on it and you go, that was just God working. Yeah. Just God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My family was going this direction, God interrupted that yeah. and changed it. My health was going this way and God interrupted it. Yes. And you know that you know that you God know had it not been the hand of God specifically working in your life, it would have been a different result. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Maybe that doesn't happen every day, but you know sometime, once in a while, you realize. It was just God got me out of that mess. Don't show me your hand. Don't show me your hand, but I wonder how many recovering alcoholics are in the room today. How many former drug addicts are in the house today that it had not been the hand of Almighty God. You've been dead and gone and delivered. Yes. That's inspiration of God. That's the personal inspiration of God. Yes, sir. So don't tell me when those things obviously occur in your life that God can't move upon a man like Solomon picks up his pen in the corner of the 
room yeah. and he feels a God moment all over him. Right. And yeah. he writes something down like this. Every word of God is pure. Yes. He's a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Yeah. Add down not to his word lest he reprove thee and thou be found yes. a liar. Oh. And perhaps, Brother Morgan, that inspiration left him. Oh. Oh. Until tomorrow. Then the apostle James feels a moment of inspiration. And he says, don't ask me what I want for lunch. Take the kids away. i got right. to start writing something I'm feeling. Yeah. That's exactly how it occurred. Yes. Amen. Jesus, holy. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thomas Jefferson, third president of the United States, said it well. And I quote, the doctrines of Jesus and his word are simple, and they always tend to the happiness of man, unquote. So first base in political or spiritual doctrine, biblical doctrine, the first base, you can't skip it and go to second base. Every, every coach little league or whatever leagues under that. I mean, kids always cutting corners. Like, get back. You have to touch that base. And always trying to, you know. Or then, you know, it's always fun when you see. I think I saw someone T-ball a year or two ago, whatever. They get a little hit and then they head towards third base. I'm like, no, this way. First comes before third. Yes. And mom's over there. Oh, my angel, my angel. First base in biblical doctrine is that the word of God is the absolute authority, the supreme authority above all, above everything, and above everyone. It is the final say, the last word, the final answer. I don't care, respectfully speaking, how my father differed, your mother differed. This means everything. Every believer under the sound of my voice, you should have a Bible that looks tattered and worn out. Settle it in your heart this morning. Please settle it right now. Oh, Lord. Yes. I realize this is how I muse about these things, okay? In my head. Imagine this going on in my head. Realize tomorrow will be a different day. Yep. It'll bring a brand new Monday set of challenges. Yes, sir. Sure. Sure. That's right. Big M. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I know that right now. I know it going in. But I'm going to do my best to establish a new path in my life today. Yes, Jesus. I'm going to take my Bible with me everywhere I go. It's going to be in the car, in the truck. If you don't have an extra copy, we'll get you a copy. Yeah, come on. Come on. I'm going to look at it, read it. The greatest thing God ever gave to human species. Yes, the Holy Ghost, of course. 
goes without saying, but that's found inside the message of the word. Yes, it is. That's it. Settle it in your heart today that Jesus said, Matthew 4, verse 4, Man shall not live by bread alone. Come on. Man shall not live by bread alone. Yes. Anybody have a weakness for bread? Right here. Come on, show me. Yeah, you really have love it. Come on. Hallelujah. My mother used to make those yeast rolls from scratch. Oh, I know she made it. You can forget personal restraint. Yeah. I have been in Lambert in the morning. There's two or three of them down south in the southeast. And it's, it's about an auditorium. The two I've been to, the uh, dining halls about the size of this auditorium. And they, they made that business for people like me. Because it's all you can eat. Not an amen, huh? All you can eat. And they walk around. They, they, they don't make you come get it. You pay, you sit down. Literally, the waiters and waitress staff walk around. Man, how do I get on these dumb things? They walk around with these huge, and I'm not exaggerating, huge, like, stainless bowls. Would you like more... Whatever, tomatoes, sir. And they live, they have a big scoop. You would want more beans, man. You want more gravy, mashed potato. Wow. And they have one guy walks around and he throws rolls. You'll see the placards on the interstates down south. Home of the throwed rolls. T-H-R-O-W-E-D. And anybody ever been to Lambert's? You don't even know if I'm lying. Google it. Home of the throne rolls. I'm sorry, I'm a fanatic about spelling, okay? But I spit there the first time I saw that billboard, I thought, throat. I never heard that word in my life. T-H-R-O-W-E-D. Throat. That's what they do with the Rob. He, he walks through and he goes, Rose, anybody? Can you catch one? And they do that right there. Literally across the... They just pick... They got plastic gloves on. They take these nice rolls, and they're amazingly accurate. <laughs> I kid you not! I can say this because she can't, you know, threaten me today. But of course, we are there for the first time, Sister Moore. My wife's sitting next to me. Kids on the other side, and she goes, I want to roll. And here you go, brother Nate. And he threw a target bullseye. No, you couldn't miss it if you tried. Wait a minute, have a different table, please. That's how I got there. Man shall not live by bread alone. Oh, yes. Come on. Settle it in your heart today. Make up your mind today. Amen. Yes, sir. <coughs> Psalm 119, verse 105, and I'm closing with two scriptures. Your words are lamp to my feet. Yeah, yeah. Light to my path. Yeah. Yeah. Do you hear me? Come on. Yeah. The lamp. 
light. I'm just so confused, Pastor. I don't know what God's will is. A lamp. A light. Come on. 119, 130, the entrance of your word gives light. Gives light. Yes. And finally, Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole man. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole duty of man. So as we start to uncover and talk about specific doctrinal issues in the next couple of weeks, remember, you've got to settle it today. You've got to settle it right now. I promise you one thing. If we say anything that resembles personal conviction or interpretation, we'll make that evidently clear. Yeah. Yes. We won't have to worry about that with this. Amen. God said it, that settles it. It may require us changing our lifestyle. Yes. Changing the way we look at this or look at that. God, supreme authority, supreme authority, supreme authority.